Welcome to the Convene podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Miltite. This time on the podcast, we meet Clay Johnston, Dean of the Dell Medical School at the University of Texas at Austin. He says medical conferences are ripe for an overhaul, but change is happening slowly. All you have to do is have some well-known speaker stand up there and you, you've just entertained a thousand people in the audience, right? And these interactive approaches are much more labor-intensive. This time, making healthcare conferences more relevant to modern healthcare. Convene magazine is published by PCMA, the Professional Convention Management Association, and it offers fresh perspectives on meetings and events. You can find Convene online at pcmaconvene.org. Clay Johnston has been dean of UT Austin's medical school for three years. Naturally, he's invested in medical education, specifically in making that education more hands-on, less lecture-based. But before we started talking about conferences, I asked him to talk about the healthcare system in general. It's almost become a cliche, the assertion that the US healthcare system is broken. Clay says there's plenty of evidence to support that. I mean, one example for the U.S. is that our healthcare prices are are substantially higher than any other country, so 30% higher than Switzerland, and yet our health outcomes are, you know, by the World Health Organization, ranked 34th, which puts us between Costa Rica and Cuba. Uh, we spend about 9000 a year on, per person on healthcare, and in Cuba they spend about 800 and yet they live as long as we do. Another example, he says... Doctors and patients generally can't email each other, even though email might be an efficient way to get questions answered. Another is that half of patients aren't taking their medications as directed three months after the prescription is written. And we do nothing to monitor that, provide tools, track, acknowledge, help people with that problem. He says that is the number one reason drugs don't work. People just aren't taking them correctly. He believes conferences can play a role in better healthcare outcomes because they're an important part of medical education. But for now, he says they have a ways to go. First, he talked about how his school is training the physicians of the future. It's quite a contrast to the way he was trained. There are differences in content now than when I went to medical school. Um, You know, the sort of facts-based memorization approach to teaching is um, much less relevant. It's much more about problem-solving and much more about the systems of care and all that. And then the way in which we teach also needs to change. People just, they don't, can't listen to lectures for 45 minutes and take notes and then take tests. That just doesn't work very well. He says their curriculum is based instead on team-based problem solving. So medical students need to learn certain materials. There are some lectures, but they can be recorded and listened to at home. The classroom is used for thrashing through problems as a group and working out solutions. He says even the classroom is set up so that people can break into small groups at tables to discuss their cases. That also reinforces the way we need to approach healthcare, which is a as, as a, a, a team sport, not as an individual sport, and reminding people the uh, importance of the different perspectives that come into the room. So in terms of conferences, yeah, I think conferences still rely pretty heavily. I mean, they've shortened their their presentations. You know, there's the longer presentations that one gets as the sort of plenaries and then the shorter scientific presentations, but they're still 
really about somebody broadcasting from the front of the auditorium and everyone else sitting placidly in their seats and maybe asking questions at the end. He says creating more interaction and creating an environment where attendees can work together on cases, that will be a much more effective learning tool at health conferences. You know, you were talking about that's not how adults learn this business of sitting in a lecture hall or a classroom and hearing someone at the front speak and taking notes. I mean, you know, unfortunately, it's certainly how I was forced to learn throughout my, you know, education, both at high school and university. And I'm interested in in whether you think this is a generational difference in that, you know, we might not have necessarily liked that way of learning, but that was just the way that we were taught. And now people in their early 20s now, they haven't grown up in the same learning environment. They're used to interaction in a way that you weren't if you if you grew up going to school and university in the 60s, 70s, 80s. I think that's right. I mean, the other difference is that for us, conveying facts in, was a key function of education. You know, uh, you should know the entire periodic table. Whereas today, you know, that would be seen as silly. The periodic table is available at the touch of a, of a finger. On your phone or computer. He says today's classroom training and conferences should be more about tackling real-life cases. But he admits there are reasons why things have been slow to change. Partly, too, why the education system exists the way it does is because it's so efficient and easy, right? So, you know, all you have to do is have some well-known speaker stand up there and you've just entertained a thousand people in the audience, right? And these interactive approaches are much more labor-intensive in general. But he says at his school, even in continuing medical education, they're all about case-based learning. Everyone has to break into groups to discuss a case they've read about before class, and then each group reveals certain aspects of the case from the front of the room. He thinks that could easily happen at a medical conference. So maybe it's new management for HIV-AIDS, and there's a specific case that the audience works through. He'd love to see it happen. Do you feel strongly enough about it to to propose it to anyone? Well, yeah, I think it'd be, you know, what we're going to be doing it for conferences that we set up for continuing medical education. So that'll be a standard approach that we take. So there'll be, you know, an expectation to review some didactic materials before coming and then bringing people together to work through cases in small groups in a larger room. But yeah, I think it could work great in the the conferences that I go to. Absolutely. Something else you'd like to see at future gatherings? Different groups of professionals all coming together. The notion that we can all work in silos in healthcare is going away. Uh, As we focus more on the person, on the, the patient if they're sick, then we're recognizing that It's not about the provider, it's about the team that cares for that person. And the solutions are much, much better when you bring in diverse perspectives. He says medical students now have to spend a certain number of hours during their four years with nurses, social workers, pharmacists and engineers, all in training. He says that kind of collaboration will ultimately replicate itself at conferences too, if the conditions are right. If our conferences become more problem-focused as opposed to 
traditional discipline focus, then then you'll see these diverse groups coming together, which I think is is exciting and sort of mind opening. And it's already happening at some events. I spoke to him right as South by Southwest was wrapping up in Austin. He says it's quite a gathering and one other conferences should aspire to. That brings together an amazing array of people where you get kids still in school all the way to people post-retirement. You get musicians and artists, you get politicians, you get physicians and you know entrepreneurs from social entrepreneurs to traditional entrepreneurs to venture capitalists it's this the strangest and most wonderful diverse group of people and that is really sort of mind opening in itself it's not distracting i mean it is it's sort of a madhouse actually but it's a madhouse in a in a really useful way He says more conferences like that would be invigorating. That's the Convene podcast for this time. There'll be another show soon. I'm Ashley Miltite. Thanks for listening.